Alright. Quain. Mm-hmm. Question. Yeah, have buddy. you eaten at Ravenous Pig? Yeah, I have. Okay. Have you eaten at Cask and Lark? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, we're recording with Larry. Yeah, we're ha- we have Larry today. Do you think that you'll... Oh, say a few words that are... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Audience, beware. We swear. Yeah, this episode will have it. All right, that's it. That's it? That's it. Okay, I got it. I'm gone. Yeah, this, yeah. I think it, I think yeah. I've heard them all actually. Like I was just finishing. I don't think I listened to them in order necessarily. Right. But I was like just finishing up Mike's uh, Mike Wallace's interview today. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's funny how people are going backwards listening, and this is freaky because uh, we have we know brewers that do their homework. Right. But now you are doing you're like you're a fan. I feel like you really are a fan yeah, of the yeah. podcast. And this is like a brewer that we're sitting down with and going, thank you, like thank you, and your name has come up. So uh, as we sit here. Garrett's mentioned you. Ron's mentioned you. Trying to think of who else, but uh, yeah, your name has come up. Absolutely. And but what's funny is that we're sitting in a restaurant. We're yes, sitting we are. in a restaurant. Yeah. So I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I think I can say I don't take a lot of credit for the food here. I mean, we're quite possibly in the best restaurant mm-hmm. in Orlando, and we're going to get into that. You know what right? I mean? Or at yeah. least yes. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. a it's a little bit of a different environment. As opposed to just being that straight brewery, that straight exactly. tap room, you know. What I mean, there's a, a lot. This, this, what, what goes on in this building? There's a lot of moving parts. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you've got these passionate chefs back there doing their thing. You've got a great bar staff, obviously passionate about beer, but they also need to have a fantastic wine knowledge. I mean, this is amongst the best craft cocktail place in town too. Um, it's. There's not many places I've been to in my life anywhere in the world where you kind of have those three elements sort of in one. Right. You know, usually you're pretty happy if there's a good restaurant and maybe they got some good beers, but they're not brewing beer typically. Right. Exactly. Normally, you know, your brew pub food is your you bring your, in the your guest burgers and your and, and your fries yeah, and, exactly. and you know and you know and that's fine. Um, so it's definitely something different where we've been we've been doing here. And I I, I love it here because uh, I have a family here when you talk about the the craft cocktails. Uh, my friend Rudy that used to work here. Oh, he, Rudy. Dude, I, I, I've known I him for him. 10, 12 years. Oh, and I miss he him, was, man. Yeah, he was on my fantasy football league for years. Great and kind of got into him. I got, Great and I got him into it. Yeah. Dude, Rudy was awesome. So that was me really trying... I don't do liquor. I really don't. Sure. Um, it just gives me the headache. I love my beer. I love my wine. So, but when Rudy was always like, "Try this," I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah. Jillian all day. Yeah. Like she loved Rudy, and we miss him. Like I feel funny because I said we loved him, and it's like it's like as if he's like dead. <laughs> Rudy's but, no uh, longer with us. He, he moved. He's in Charleston, guys. Yeah. He's fine. He's, yeah. he's killing he's it doing in Charleston. Great. Yeah. But he was the kind of guy that if he had to be here at noon to work, he would. He right? was here at 9 a.m. Yeah. Gets, getting started you know i mean he the the drive was was impressive i remember the day he he told us that he was like i think i'm gonna get into like cocktails i was like yeah. no stay it here he was yeah. at hillstone houston yeah i was like no stay here we love you here sure and uh and he's just like no i'm really getting into it and then when he said yeah i'm heading over to cask and larder i was like this is awesome this yeah. is awesome now he so, yeah he really he really jumped in he really he really moved it along Good. Um, so, Rudy, we love you, but we're moving on to you, Larry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, where, where are you from? Where, where's, where's home base when you were when you were raised? I grew up here. I mean, my family's from Pennsylvania, okay. um, central Pennsylvania, but we moved down here when I was less than a year old. So that was, you know, 1984, 1985. Okay. Um, so you're born in 1984. Born in 1984. Is that Van Halen's best record? 
Is that Van Halen's best record? Yeah, probably. Okay, good. and it's a weird good. year if you think about it. I mean, 1984. I mean, there's an Orwell book written about it. Like yeah. something really, yeah. really important right. was going on in my birthday, and that year. everybody's focusing on yeah. now this year. So yeah, yeah 1984 is making its uh, comeback, um, I guess. But uh, my family still has a house over like Winter Park Pines. I went to Winter Park High School. Okay. I went to UCF. I've I've never really left Orlando um, as far as living. I mean, I've traveled, sure. whatever, but. Um, yeah, this Orlando's definitely home. So mom and dad, they're from Pennsylvania. What did they do? So what was up there? Uh, mom mom was a nurse, and dad was a civil engineer. Mm-hmm. And we moved down here. He had an opportunity with his company, but was, was opening up an Orlando office. Okay. And he always says that the reason we moved down here was to give us other opportunities. Right. And, you know, it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I realized, like, he was absolutely right. Because when I go up there and I see the family that's still up there, because he's got... He's got three brothers and a sister. Everybody else is still up there and all their kids and, and whatever. It's just my life would have been so different. I definitely would have three kids and I would either be okay, a cop that, or in construction. Shit, you you know what I mean? Like it's just it's very different yeah. up there. You know, You're so stepping he, out of your own box to see. He brought us be. here to right. give us other opportunities and it, and he and he totally did it. And I'm sure it was tough. I mean, he left his family. I mean, you know, I mean like yeah. it was it was a big decision. You know, I don't I didn't realize this when I was a kid, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, wow man, that was a big my life could have been that or it could have been that you know right. it's very very different you know and so here uh family here what do we have here so what's whole family's pretty much here yeah right yeah. um okay. yeah two sisters um in town hang out with them all the time nice. the best yeah and uh mom and dad are in town hang out with them i love that you know pretty regularly especially so- like dad like Get, get beers with dad. Yeah, you know? yeah, you uh, yeah. That's we're, so cool. we're, we're tight. My dad's. Is he my proud da- of you with this stuff? Yeah, yeah. I think he is actually. Yeah. I think he's he always. I think he's always been proud of me. But uh, you know, he's um, he's interested in it. He's asking questions. It's 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 really cool. I like hearing. You know, that. and the yeah. other thing about it is, my dad is inherently super handy. Like okay. he can fix whatever. So there's been a few times where something's gone wrong in here, and you had to call him. And my. 13 years of bartending experience doesn't really help me like fixing centrifugal pumps or something, but I call him up and he'll go, oh, oh, your glycol chill. Oh, that's just like an AC unit. You need to, you know, and I'm like, cool, whatever. All I have to do is explain, hey, this is this machine. It's supposed to do this. And he'll know something like, oh, back in 73, we were working on a boiler. You know what I mean? It, it's it's awesome. So yeah, he's kind of like the unofficial uh, cask and larder handyman. As I well. love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, needle nose pliers, I wouldn't know what that is. If you had a whole toolbox <laughs> in front of me, I'd be like, I'm gathering it's the thin ones with the, but no, I wouldn't know. You know, it, it takes all kinds, I think, in the, in the brewing business too. And when you have your guys like definitely Ron and Garrett was definitely the kind of guy that would Apparently, like when he was a kid, he would take apart the toaster and figure out how it worked. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, he said that. So I Garrett- wasn't necessarily mechanically inclined like that, but okay. I've learned a lot. Like, there's some things now that I'm like, man, I, I fixed that. Like, I know what that is. You, and so here you, we go. You know what I mean? You've mentioned Garrett right now and Ron. So if uh, anybody listening, that is Garrett Ward over at Red Cypress and Ron Rake over yeah. at Playa Linda, who we've done those episodes with, uh, who we've heard your name from. Uh, there's a family, and I, I think this is excellent. Like, totally. Knowing that. So we will get into Garrett because he plays a huge role into this conversation as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But let's say older sisters, Younger sisters, older sisters. Yeah, me too. Um, older sisters. Yeah, I was, I was the, uh, I'm the baby. Actually, they're seven and ten years older than me. So, like, I mean, a pretty big nice. like okay. age gap there. And I would say, I mean, Jenny went to school in Boca, so she was gone for a couple years. Okay. And now Julie is a chef, and you know, she went to Culinary Institute of America. She went, she was in Atlanta, so she was gone for a few years, but. 
whatever it was, 12 years ago, she moved back. Jenny was here. and um, Oh, so they, 12 they years kinda, ago, Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, because Atlanta right now for food? Holy yeah. cow. The they were big, uh, she was years, a big part of it. She was um, nice. sous chef at... Um, oh, no. man. Wow. That's embarrassing. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah. Because honestly, there are so many restaurants yeah, that she, are she was, down there. That, I mean, out there. Own float away cafe. It started with a B. Bacchanalia. It, it, um, which apparently was like super crazy farm to table growing right. like whatever there. So, and then I eventually, say I, I, I'm not even kidding. I, I want to say I've eaten there because when I go to Atlanta, uh, Kevin Gillespie was on a show. Yeah, top he, he was chef. on Top Chef. Yeah, yeah, right. That yeah. was it. And anything that Kevin did, I have I you been to Gun Show? Yeah, no, no, I haven't. I went to Gun Show a couple years ago. I was actually up there to to see a band. Actually, I went and saw Against Me okay. and Gaslight Anthem play okay. there. And uh, while I was there, I was. You know, you're going to eat and drink. I think Atlanta's a great town for oh, food and drink. So it used to be. To eat and drink there. When Orlando, Orlando's come so far, in, I think in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, but like I used to leave town because if I wanted to get good drinks, good food, like Atlanta that was kind of the closest, yeah. you know, big city that yeah. I could, that I could get to. Um, gun show is really cool though. You gotta, you gotta oh, check I it out. To. It's like dim sum style. I, like I the can't chefs, you know the, who chef, he is. the chefs come out. Oh, I, wa- I did watch top chef back then. Dude, yeah. Gillespie, yeah. he's yeah. like, seriously, he's my hero. Yeah, super. It's so funny. The yeah. only thing that I felt like 20 years ago, downtown uh, Atlanta had were just one ways. Mm-hmm. That's it. And now forget it. It's just, well, you it's can't, like, Every you time you're leave. driving around Atlanta, it's just like, okay, I'm on the corner of Peachtree and oh. <laughs> Peachtree. Like, I have fucked up so how, many times. How can on that street thing? intersect like, itself, I'm man? People like I don't, I'm on a one way. I'm like waving them. I like, don't Sorry. drive. Yeah, I don't drive no. in Atlanta anymore. It's, it's, it's so scary. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's Ubers. So what got you into this? So uh, I have to ask the main question: What got you into beer? Then sure. So, well, so because we're in Orlando, what, what, it's what got me into here. beer and what got me into brewing are kind of. Kind of two different things. Let's talk about beer. So I started working. I mean, A, I think I got, you know, whatever. I I was drinking whatever you get your hands on in high school, you know, like anybody else. Any homebrewing thoughts or? No. I mean, you you hear like a guy like Mike Wallace saying like that they were homebrewing in high school. I'm like, what? That's brilliant. You know what I mean? But his reasoning is so good based on the fact that they couldn't buy beer. It's it's perfect. So make it. Yeah. I wasn't. Unfortunately, my friends and I were still drinking quarts of malt liquor. We weren't making like cool, right. we weren't making cool <laughs> home brews and stuff. Um, I started working at a beer bar, a pretty divey beer bar. Um, it's no, it's no longer there. It was over in, uh, still technically winter park, but it Maitland, um, area. It was called Odin's Den. Yep. Odin's. And, um, oh, it's gone. Yeah, it's, been, it's been closed down for a couple years. Yeah. It needed, to really? clo- it needed to close down. They made it a church office by the way. And That's I'm so like, weird. and I'm like, you can't wash what's happened in that place <laughs> off like you know what i mean when i would get my tattoos i would pass it and it's starting mm-hmm. to make me go man i haven't seen todd in a long time if because i, I want to say last time i mean the sign was still there about a year ago I where the sign is still okay there. so but the bar's been closed i would say okay over a year okay so you're maybe maybe two years but i so i started working the there. there yeah i was working there when i was like 19 um for about like five years i think and um at that point that's when i kind of started drinking even back then in Orlando, good beer pretty much meant imports. Yes. You know what I mean? So, right. like, I was known amongst my friends and family or whatever as this beer expert because I was drinking Guinness and I was drinking Bass and, and, and whatever. And then around that time, you start going out more. I was going to Copper Rocket a bunch and I was going to Old Will's Pub. Was, Old Will's Pub was definitely the first place that I remember, like, being, like, looking oh, at that cooler behind the bar right, and being exactly. like, whoa, there is more than 10 kinds of beer. Yeah. So it, it sort of steamrolled from there. Um, and then when I was, I think when I was 23, give or take, you know, about, about 10 years ago, um, 2007 is when 
my sister and my brother-in-law uh, came to me with this idea to open up a restaurant called Ravenous Pig. And I said, okay, like, yeah, I'll do that. And then, I mean, it's kind of everything's been, since then, everything's kind of ramp, ramped so up. So that's true. You were the bar manager there at Ravenous Pig. Yeah, I was bar and manager there for six years, and then I moved down to Cask when we opened up here. So let's talk about the owners of Ravenous Pig, because they've come up in, in our yeah, episodes. Sure, sure. Uh, anybody that's ever heard us say the two names, James and Julie, they're like, well, that's restaurant-related. Well, now we're making that huge connection. So let's talk about right. Ravenous Pig. Uh, owners are? My sister and my brother-in-law, yeah. James and Julie Petrakis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Is that crazy? It's, it's crazy. so funny. It's crazy. Um, you know, so with them, I mean, I kind of I touched on this with you, I guess, earlier. You know, they, had, they met at culinary school up in New York. That's so sweet, really. They met at CIA up in, like, um, upstate New York. Yeah, yeah. And they're both from here. Like, James grew up, went to Oviedo, Julie, and me and my other sister, we all went to Winter Park High School. They didn't know each other. Right. Met up there, whatever, got serious, lived in New York for a couple years, lived in Atlanta for a couple years, working at, you know, some really great dress, uh, restaurants. When they finally came back to Orlando, like, you know, whatever, 13 years ago. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, James was opening up Luma as sous mm-hmm. chef, and, and right. Julie worked at uh, Primo out at uh, the JW Marriott with Melissa Kelly, which, I mean, the very legit chef. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, like most people, you know, most passionate people, they kind of had that dream to open up their own place, and uh, that's that's what it was. That was ra- that was ha- that yeah. was Ravenous Pig. And like I said earlier, I don't take a ton of credit for the food or anything, but I mean, I feel pretty confident saying Ravenous Pig changed a lot in Orlando. Well, we'll talk about the food for sure right. and, and where your role comes in. Yeah. But honestly, I remember when Ravenous Pig opened, and it's this it's opening day of baseball. And it is that first time I feel a batter is going to bat. He's from the minor leagues. Bases are loaded. It's maybe like the fifth inning. And it's like, here, introducing for the first time. And seriously, holy shit, hit that grand slam. Yeah. That first pitch, grand slam. Yeah. Ravenous Pig was in the news, bam, like that right. instantly. And, and I and give them the credit for, I mean, the time was right. The place was right. The food was right. I mean, it. It. it I look back on it now going like, God, we were a bunch of Kids, you know right. what I mean. I was twenty three. They, they were thirty. Is this whole we're going to say a name that people might go? A lot of people go. I know what a James Beard is. But yeah. Some people, and we're going to educate a little what a James Beard is. Yeah. But did that free, like you know like we hear the word James Beard? Is this is this something? It's that, it's it's one of those. I guess it's surreal more than anything. Right. It's not. It's not. It, it's not. It not freaks me out. I'm I'm super proud of them. Um. But it, it is it is weird when. They, you know, they've definitely achieved uh, some sort of you know, notoriety, some sort honor. of celebrity, you yeah, know, kind of thing. And it's kind of funny to it be is. like, you know, my joke is like, oh, yeah, I've known Julie. She used to be my roommate. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because like, yeah. like, like, a lot of people don't know. I mean, she's my sister. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And, Guess what? Uh, and uh, I had no idea. Yeah, I kind of figured. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Dude, that's so rad. Yeah, that's I know. So cool. It's great. <laughs> and it, so it's, it's great. I mean, we've been through some. You know, opening a restaurant is insane. It is. You know, and we and we opened that, you know, an independent restaurant. We were scrambling, you know. I mean, we knew what we were doing, but we didn't know what we were doing. Like, I was the bar manager, and I remember on our, like, soft opening night, I went to make my first, like, whatever the drink that they ordered, you know, an old-fashioned or what have you. And I, I looked at the ice well, and I go, I don't have an ice scoop. Like... <laughs> 
you, you know, like I'm right. like I didn't that yeah. that didn't end up on a checklist, and I was like, you know, uh, a chain restaurant has a guy that makes sure. Okay, th- yeah. they've got 26 ice scoops and 13, right. you know, I mean, it's so uh, there was just a lot of that, like, you know, sweeping the dirt under the rug and all right, open the doors. Yeah, did and, you feel it, like, you know what I mean? Oh, shit. Wait, my sister was the one that basically because, I mean, you had a head start, you know, you, that's you're, you're the little brother. So it's like, I want to bring him in as bar manager. Basically, that was it. Right. She said, Look, right. I want to make Larry my right. bar manager. Well, and that was, you know, <laughs> kind of like I touched upon. And it's funny now because when I look back on 10 years ago, what I know now versus what I knew then, but at that time, I was the beer expert in their right. in their in their world. And uh, so, any certification like certifications like did we go to school for beer at all? Or um, I'm certified Cicerone. You are. I took okay. that test. Uh, Brent Brent from Red Light and I took that test together. Right. Um, probably three years ago, okay. give or take. Um, yeah. And I know Ron brought that up in his uh, interview with you. And it's a it's a tough test. It's a like, yeah overnight. You walk out of that, you're like. You're drained, yeah. you know? And When he uh, said that, I got excited. He's, like, talking yeah. about how Mike and him did that test. I was like, man, yeah. Jeff and I could do this, and we're going to do it, dude. You should. Yeah. You oh, totally, he's, like, saying yes. You totally like, should. It's, it's, it's super rewarding. But I'll tell you this, uh, I guess just to give a shout-out to my man Brent, because I knew – I started working in this brewery. I'm shadowing Garrett every day. Like, I'm eating, sleeping, and drinking beer. I went to Siebel – up in Chicago, brewing school for it. a couple weeks. And that was how many weeks? Well, that was like 20 that's weeks That's the concise you, course. Or? I took the, it's just a couple weeks that okay. I took. Oh, that's yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. All right, that's what we're doing. And um, yeah, and, and that's more, you're not really hands-on brewing. This is more theory. Right. And whatever, but I mean, don't do the online thing. Go to Chicago. Go to Chicago, Live right. in Chicago for a couple weeks. Right. This was like a few of the best weeks of my life, like taking the L to class. Yeah. Getting yeah. dialed in in what I think is one of the greatest cities in the in the world. I love it. And um, man, it was just, it was so much fun. But you have these professors. I mean, you have like your main professors, but they have like guest professors from different days. And that's, that's the knowledge that you can't replace. Like if you took these exactly. courses online, that's what you can't replace. I mean, uh, Matt Brindelson from Firestone Walker was my teacher for two days Dude, that's amazing and it was that is amazing and it was kind of like i mean that day was just like everybody's scooting up in the chairs <laughs> yeah. like i mean like yeah. just talk dude. yeah just just talk you know what i mean like in, insanity but um let's go back to the cicerone thing so i kind of i was studying i was doing the off flavor thing already through siebel i i basically talking to garrett and some other people that had taken uh the cicerone test i kind of like they're like hey this is what it's like and giving me kind of pointers and like helping me with the sample test and whatnot and uh so whatever i took the test let's say it was a saturday thursday i'm I'm sitting at red light red light with brent and he's like yeah i think i'll go take that test too yeah and i've been studying at this point for a couple months you know pretty so how long ago was this was it red light red light on bennett or is it this was still new red light yeah okay so the new like i said this is like three years ago give or take okay so then so it was definitely sitting there and he's like yeah i'll take that test too and i was like okay man you know beer you know but we don't really sit around talking going you know what i like about german pilsners is i like that you know on the srm scale it's usually four to six you know we don't talk about beer like that no so anyhow this podcast works actually too brent had a day or two of cramming i assume and i remember you know i had uh note cards and stuff that i had made up and and i mean we kind of ran through that on the drive down to i think it was in fort lauderdale and uh, we stayed at his parents house and took the test in the morning and like we both passed it and i was just like but I had prepared for it. I studied for it like like I hadn't studied for anything in, right. since college, if I even studied that hard for anything <laughs> yeah, in college. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just – it was impressive. I was like, all right, man, you you know beer. 
So we open the doors at uh, Ravenous Pig. You're the bar manager. Uh, not even. I'm. I'm. It's insane. The short time where Ravenous to Cask and Larder. Right. That happened almost like if if really. It so fast. Yeah. Extremely fast. What was it? A year and a half? Two years? No, no. It was. It was longer. I want to say it, it was. Um, I want to say it was six years, but it maybe maybe it was five really? years. Really? Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of came. The whole thing, the whole reason I was bar manager at Ravenous Pig was they wanted, it was very important to James and Julie to tie beer into this. You know, the, the main mission Always. Of, of Ravenous Pig was to try to do these fine dining type food, but mm-hmm. keep it more casual. And I know it's not super casual, but it's pretty comfortable. You know it what is, I mean? Like, okay, so let's, you've talk, sat about in there. The let's right. talk about the food. Let's talk about the food. Because a lot of people were shocked that people from out of this country are listening. So when we talk about it, the food is Southern style. Mm-hmm. So uh, beer goes excellent oh, yeah. with the Southern style. So yeah, so let's talk about some of the, were we already beer pairing then? Was that the idea? When we opened up, we, and it's funny to say this now because of where Orlando has come and where and beer in general has come, but it was it was very progressive of us to open up with nothing but American craft beer on tap. Yeah, and like I literally remember having that conversation because you know like the I'm not not trying to pick on specific brands, but like the Budweiser rep came by and he was just like, "All right, cool. How many beers do you have on tap?" I'm eight. Okay, so Bud, Bud Light, and he's like, "What what of our other brands do you want?" And I was like, "No, man. Like I don't want any of it." And he was just like, "Good luck." Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you know what I mean? And. Uh, it was a great decision. So we didn't really... I know it was really important to me. I was reading um, Garrett Oliver's Brewmaster's table mm-hmm. a lot. Like, that was a big... And Julian James had re- read it, and that was that was kind of what we wanted to do. They read it. So oh, yeah. this was... James gave me a copy of it. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't even heard about it. Like, um, and then we started a, probably, like, a little while in. It was with Terrapin was our first beer dinner ever. Okay. Um, Dustin Watts from Terrapin yeah. uh, came down and, and hosted it, and... I always say that that dinner was a moment. If it wouldn't have gone so well, we might have never done another dinner or another beer pairing mm-hmm. thing or, or, or whatever. But, like, that guy nailed it. It was so much fun. And after that, we started doing beer dinners on the regular. Um, yeah. So that, the, the beer pairing, the beer and food pairing is one of my favorite aspects of the business. Like, I'm, I love I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, I know uh, Park View over on Park Ave. Maddie does Maddie. amazing ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was actually one of our original ideas for the host. So, yeah. Yeah, I love Maddie. Maddie. and I Maddie's went a- on a... Uh, oh, boy. I think it was about two weeks we were gone. We hit about 20 breweries up the East Coast. Uh, we had... Uh, we were in an old, like, old bus. <laughs> and we... Who else was with you? Um... Mike Smith, who runs uh, the Imperial now mm-hmm. over in Sanford, but he's right. he was huge in the Orlando beer scene. He was um, he was kind of like the organizer. He he, he kind of put it all right. together. Maddie was there. Um, Andy Gurgeon worked at like Back Booth back in the day. He was the old PBR rep in town. Okay. Eventually, the Southampton rep. He lives out in LA now. He was on that trip. Uh, my buddy Morgan Fishback was on that trip. He used to do the. Um, the Great Orlando Beer Festival that was, you know, it was at like Firestone one year, and then they started doing it at Crane's right. Roost. It was, yeah. in my opinion, I was hanging out with him. He was here yesterday for Bachfest, and I, I was like, man, you you did the best beer festival. Like I, I haven't Dude, been to awesome. one since since then. So it was just kind of that, but it was definitely shenanigans. You know, different city every night and just kind of partying and, and whatever. But it was it was yeah. a, it was a, it was an amazing trip. So like a guy like that, like. I mean, me and Maddie were friends, of course, but like you, you get kind of close after uh, yeah after some of those yeah, experiences. Yeah, you know what course. I mean? Yeah. So beer pairings uh, was that? 
an idea that you just said, why don't we make our own? When did when did this happen? So I right think, now we're sitting with a bunch of tanks around <laughs> yeah, us. We we're surrounded. Um, when did this all happen? So I think it was a, a natural progression. You know, okay. I mean, I think, and I think this is the same way with how I got into homebrewing. You know, was, I think if you love beer, this is, it's kind of something you, you do. It's kind of right. a very logical so step. So homebrewing happened before, obviously happened before all this where we're sitting. Oh, for me, yeah. I started yeah. homebrewing pretty early in the ravenous pig days. And uh, I actually would homebrew on like Sundays at ravenous pig when it was closed so I could use all the kitchen equipment so, and, right. and, and whatever. And uh, yeah. Or, but like the tough part would be like, okay, cool. I'm brewing a pale ale. And then I'd walk into that walk-in and just be like, and then I just start throwing stuff in the kettle. Yeah, like it was, just, it's just to. hard not to, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, the opening cask and larder, opening this this brewery, um, that was really a partnership between James and Ron. You know, okay. I mean, I was homebrewing at the time, but and homebrewing's great, but it doesn't mean anything when it comes to like you can't just walk in here and you right. don't stand a Make, chance. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. how do you move beer from that tank to that tank? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Up until working in here, I was like, I assume we don't just move it with buckets. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, There's got to right, be some yeah, way to push yeah. it, you know? <laughs> um, so that was, that was that partnership. Ron was working at the Shipyard Emporium at the time. And, and Garrett was with him at that time? Yep. Okay. And, yep. Um, like, that was, that was them working together and, and building this brewery together and Ron setting up this system. And, you know, he still deserves a ton of credit for the way this system is set up, what this system is. The way that Garrett brews, the way that I brew is basically his method. We've changed things, recipes have changed or right. whatever, but like, I don't want to say too much nice stuff about him because he's definitely a dirt ball, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I, I at least will speak for myself, um, like very fortunate to have learned under him or at least learned his method. Basically, I kind of learned, I mean, Garrett taught me how to brew. He was the guy that I was in with really? every day brewing. So was that a match made in heaven when this happened where you and Garrett, like, here we go. We're going yeah. to open up this. Well, it was kind of like up. a, well, you know, I mean, Ron left to go open up Ply Linda and Garrett had been his assistant for, I want to say six months, maybe even a year. Right. And it was kind of like, okay, like we're in it. And then we just kind of threw me in the mix and, um, yeah, it, it worked, it worked really great. We worked really well together. Yeah. We figured a lot of stuff out together. Learned a lot from each other. Yeah. And like, yeah. 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 And it's what'd just, you, what'd you learn from Garrett? Like day one, what was like, holy shit, I could work with this guy every day. Dude likes metal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I like your uh, Triumph tattoo. I see that right there. <laughs> we haven't even talked about Star Wars tattoos. I can't yeah. wait till we get to that, man. <laughs> I know. Garrett brought that up in his episode. Yeah. He's like, oh, you got a C three PO tattoo. Yeah. And, and then he told me. That, then he told you that I have a Death Star tattoo. And I'm like, it's the Millennium Falcon. Like, yeah. This guy yeah. Like Star Wars, that. man. What like, a nerd. I had a look. I was like, yeah. what is that Death Star on? Um, him? So I will say that Garrett. Well, Ron said that in his interview with you, but like that eye of the tiger, that mm-hmm. that drive, I that love determination that eye of the tiger. in this business especially working here, I work for a company where no one else, I have an assistant in here that is helping me, whatever, but for the most part, no one else knows anything, even on an elementary standpoint, about brewing. Like, if I okay. walked away tomorrow, like, they'd be pretty screwed unless they, you know, they had to find somebody. Right, you know? Dad, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of chances to cut corners, there's a lot of chances to slack off, and, and Garrett never, never did any of that. No, never. You know, uh, I mean, and that's, I mean, you know, making good beer isn't that hard, but you have to, you know, you can't. It's the passion. Like, honestly, right. like every time I speak to you guys, 
this is what the conversations are about. It's your passion. Right. Starting from the get-go. Where were, you, where were you born and everything like this? Just getting to really the heart. And I love how we just learn so much about you guys. Music plays a massive role in it. And we, we, oh, yeah. we, we learn that every week. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny. And, guys, yeah, if you hear any uh, water <laughs> trickling back there, the we brought my mom to the Playa Land episode. Well, this week we brought my grandfather. So he's actually has he can't control his bladder so he's peeing in the background back there <laughs> give, me, so. give me two seconds no it's actually fine I think. It's just, it the grandfather joke is staying <laughs> so jeff how jeff how are we doing over there man how are you doing any any thoughts on the beer right yeah which we'll get it which is funny because it's like towards the end and we don't really put a date on these episodes too which yeah. i like is that there's no Hey, guess what happened yesterday? You know, right. it depends on when anyone's going to yeah, listen to yeah. this. So, um, so Garrett's with you for how long? How long is he with it you? It was about here? six months that we that we were working together. That's it, huh? And um, and that was that Red Cypress saying, "Come on in." Yeah. Well, I mean, quite frankly, especially at that point, once I knew what was going on in here, and obviously, I mean, he did. This isn't really like a a two man operation mm. full time. You know, at least okay. the amount of beer we were putting out back then. I mean, that's that's changed a lot. Um, but it yeah, it really worked out great. I mean, and and what he's done, what he did here was impressive. But what he's done as the head honcho at Red Cypress is unbelievable, super impressive. I mean, yeah. he's doing stuff that I'm like, what? And he always tells me because I'm like, how did you how did you figure that out? Whatever. He's like, you know, you could do it. He's like, man, you did, same thing, same thing. And I'm like, no, you know what? It's not the same thing. I don't. No, huh? I'm not spontaneously fermenting things. I don't have folders. You know, like, like you're doing some stuff, man, and you're getting some buzz. And I mean, the silver medal at GABF. Good, like, good, right. For them, I, I'm so happy, proud. I don't even know how to word it. You know what I mean? I know he's. Gonna I get teary. I know he's going to be humble yeah, about it, and, and and right, rightly so. You sure. know, but that's huge. I've I mean, never, was, I've never known anyone. I mean, I know some dudes from Cigar City and stuff, but like Garrett's my friend. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like that's like, like we hang out. All I was the time. shocked that they weren't there for it. Yeah, and then I know. It almost was even sounding like yeah. we never expected it. But yeah, like seeing how humble he was about that that award yeah. is beautiful. And I mean, let's look how Florida is doing. And we talked about it. Coppertail and them were the only ones that were winning yeah, awards over there. And it's actually well, funny that Mandy, him, uh, but uh, it, it is prom amazing. king and queen of the uh, beer Isn't scene, pretty much. I love yeah, it. I love it. Like I, I told I, him, they they took over for uh, Brent and Erica at Red Light. And oh, I was like, yeah, yeah, you guys. I think yeah, they, they got they got you now. You know. But I love seeing it. Like this, this is what makes me so happy. And everybody must think it's like, oh well, one guy is saying go interview that guy. No, we have a list of fifty-two breweries. We yeah. have this list. Yeah. Uh, this list, we can break off if we need to, but sure. we don't want to drop people because, really. When I think it was Wayne at Cigar City said, I think there's 180 now alone in Florida that we could. Good be. God, there's what 50 in Tampa now? Yeah, I yeah. mean that, that's the other one that really surprised me. And, and Cigar City, I think, deserves a lot of credit for. Amen. They. Amen. The beer scene. Cha- yes. What I'm basically trying to imply that Ravenous Pig maybe did for the Orlando food scene, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Cigar City. Damn Before you. Cigar City, yes. Nobody okay. in Iowa was going like, man, I really want to get my hands on this beer. You know, I yeah. got stopped in the streets of Manhattan like 10 years ago because I was wearing a high shirt 
And this guy's dude, just like, hey, do you have any beer on you? Are you yeah, a rep? Do you right? have any? And I'm like, no, no, dude. I'm just, I'm a guy wearing a shirt, man. Yeah. Like, we're in Elysian Brewing in, in Seattle. Yeah. And, and I'm wanting to, with their pumpkin chino. I'm like, I need that Stumptown all day long. And they're yeah. like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, we're from Florida, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, we were thinking of bringing White Oak Kyle. I was like, you're not allowed to drink here anymore if you didn't bring it and you were thinking of it. And it's like, holy uh, shit. Like, yeah, they get, man. if you're not bringing yeah. to the West Coast some kind of, yeah, High Lie, White Oak. And when, when we said, yeah, we were thinking of bringing White Oak High Lie, they're like, okay, you little fuckers. Yeah. Us. <laughs> it's like, wow, Time you're to up. leave. But it's, it's amazing. Like, I, it's, it's so funny that somebody that's like Elysian, that's one of your most popular out there. I mean, they have sure. so many. Yeah, no. I mean, and that's they're a, that's even a demanding pillar. this beer. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you with Cigar City. They did open up something. And I've, I really want this beer community to understand you were drinking their beers six, seven months, I mean, years ago. That got you into this. Yeah. And think about everything that you're drinking now. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So let us let let us talk about Ravenous Pig, how it opened up so much of the, the Sure. Food. James Beard. So who James Beard is because Portland, Oregon, to me, is the greatest place in the world. My wife and I got married right outside of there, so James is from there. Uh, he really is known from what I'd say. I've done a lot of research at James Beard for sure. years. Yeah. Uh, my palate... I would like to think is great, but um, I would love to cook. Right. I would love someone to say, my dream has always been to be a James Beard Award winner, but yeah. look, I'm never going to be in a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> I'm married to my wife, not not that kind of culinary thing. I hear, you know, it's crazy. James Beard, um, he is the dean of American culinary, as right. uh, I think 1954, that New York Times said that. Uh, guys, if you are ever a nominee of James Beard, it is one of the highest highest to be nominated when it comes to food uh so james and julie have been let's talk about their when did that happen when did they get the the james beard awareness i guess um or do you know i don't know exactly because it's happened a few times you know what i mean they've been nominated a few times but i will tell you like james and julie are humble people they're they're hardworking people Uh, you know it's it's not that we take anything lightly but you know when you get a Oh, the Orlando Sentinel this or the Orlando Weekly this. You know, right. we used to always joke like, "Cool, let's frame it and retire because we're our job's done." You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. we'll just sit back and we're going to be so slammed now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the restaurant business and probably any uh, you know business like you got to kind of keep pushing, you got to keep going. But like, I will say when the James Beard like the first time they were nominated and everything, it was like you could tell that was a big deal. That so, was a huge deal for them. For, I don't think Jeff really even knows that coming into a situation like this, like we're sitting in Cask and Larder, I mean, Food Network has had interest in being in here. Yeah. You know, like we are in Oh, man, a, it's, it's all it's all yeah. happened. Like I almost em- thought we were going to have to like sign em- waivers em- em- and Emerald's, shit to get Emerald's in here. been here. Emerald's cooked here. Yeah. You know, Anthony Bourdain came in to uh, oh Ravenous Pig, old Ravenous Pig location during one of our pig roasts. Like, yeah. I gave him my homebrew. Like, I mean, oh, did you? yeah, you know, I've Al- given him some movies. Al- Alton like Brown's Bourdain's been in a few yeah. times. That's yeah, awesome. man. And like Anthony Bourdain, like he's awesome. He, he did slam like about six beers while he was there. It was, it was super cool. I was like, I okay, now I was we're like, allowed to say it. I guess now we're allowed to say it. I was I like, it's not just wife. Like, but uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. well, Hey, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, it wasn't like a shtick. Like, you know, he's doing mm-hmm. his thing. And I, yeah, and, and I will tell you, we were slammed that day. I was bartending. I didn't like really get to talk to him or anything. Just mm. sent out my beers, or whatever. But he like made it a point to meet all the chefs. Nice. They all got autographs. They guy. all got pictures. Like that's that's what he talks about is what he. It's it's real. Exactly. Like, he it's wants, real. He mm-hmm. really wants to be outside 
drinking a beer, smoking a joint exactly. with the chefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody like, who's ever said, like, oh, my God, you, you've met or you've had, like, food with Bourdain. Right. It's like, yeah, really, I have. And at the end of the day, it's no big deal. Yeah. It really is no big deal. Yeah. Sure, he's on CNN. Who fucking cares? Yeah. That's not what he's about. So, yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Like, knowing that all these people have come in here, and now we're in here doing this interview. Yeah. But you, now you're in here, cask and larder. Are we making beers based on what the food is, or what What were you thinking when it's like, a little, here you go, all this, all yeah. this aluminum in this tin, this is what all was for I you? Thinking? I was thinking I was scared shitless is what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, okay. But that's okay. Every now and then in life, you got to be out of your comfort zone. You, you, you know what I mean? Um, this is out of my comfort zone. And, and so, it, was, yeah. it was funny, like, you know, it was like... It was like Garrett left, and it was just like, what? I remember waking up at like 3 in the morning being like, oh, what? I, I got to brew, and I got to move. You know what I mean? Like It was, it was really weird till it kind of like became the norm, and I, and I kind of, I don't want to say figured it out because there's still so much to learn. But but did it open doors for you? Did Garrett's departure really say, now I could do this, now I could do this? Yeah, or? I think we were already kind of heading in a certain direction. You know, the beers here, a lot of them are. I mean, you know, like we're sitting around right now, we're drinking this German lager, and yeah. like, I'll use the term not flashy. It's, it's very traditional, whatever, and I, I think it's delicious. So we, we, we brew some beers like that. We brew some beers. like We definitely brew a Saison that I tried to brew as food-friendly as possible because I think, I think the Saison style is basically like, you know how in the wine world they say, like, oh, you compare that with Pinot Noir? Yeah. Like, I compare anything with Saison. You know nice. what I mean? Yeah. One of the Cicerone tests is a food pairing test, and like, you don't know what you're going to get for the food thing, but like the day before I was just like, well, I'm going to answer Saison and like, I sure did, yeah. you know? Yeah. So we brew beers like that. We brew a couple beers, you know, like we'll, we'll get coffee from the local roasters. We'll, we'll do all that kind of stuff. There's, there's definitely times where we try to get cool ingredients. You know, there's, there's so much stuff coming in here. You know, I, every day a chef comes in and he's like, look at these Florida lychees. And I'm like, man, we got to get that in something. And, and whether that's just, um, whether that's a treatment we do in a, a cask or something right. or or a full batch, you know. So, like, I try to try to kind of cover all those bases. But and all, all, like, obviously, since we're in cask and larder, it's usually farm to table or, uh, oh, you absolutely. know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anything with here, is there anything that we're putting in these beers that are artificial or you're just using everything that's, like, No. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 pretty pretty traditional here. I mean, it's. I could see you sneaking into the freezer going, okay, let's grab this. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This. <laughs> like, And that's definitely, like, I mean, when I brew that Saison, it's definitely. A pinch of this, pinch of that. Like and which I, saison? Like which? What's the latest? What's on right well, now? Well, so we call it Dovecoat. Dovecoat okay. saison. Yeah. So for another restaurant we opened up, that's also kind of part of that family, um, which has been open. I don't even think about a year yet, but French brasserie style restaurant, and it was like, can you brew a beer for us? And I was like, yeah, but it's gonna be a saison. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that, that's what I hope people sit around and they're eating mussels and and croque yeah. and like yeah. drinking saison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's 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 what's up. Uh, so and it was cool because it actually sort of forced me to have a saison as one of my core beers that I have to keep on all the time, and I'm totally cool with that because it's one of the most amazing and interesting styles of beer out there. I remember people couldn't drink a Sauvignon Blanc. Right. I remember that before wine became a thing. It was just like there's cat piss in here, and yeah. you know, and this is now. Jesus Christ, Kim Crawford is like the queen of any white wine in the world because of her Marlboro. Uh, this is Sauvignon Blanc out there of New Zealand, but now sure. you can drink any any saison and it's so acceptable. Like you don't have to pair it with food. People are drinking it. Yeah, I mean we see what Hourglass is doing now with their Sourglass. Oh yeah, man, that's awesome. re- that's really cool. Dude, I love that they're doing that. I'm yeah. hoping more people get that funky. I want people to drink funky. Yeah, it's good. I mean, there's flavors. I'm still in it. like, I don't know where this is going to go like the beer industry as a whole like yeah. because the IPAs blew up 
and still are blowing up. Like, and it's not beer nerds anymore. It's it's mainstream people, mm-hmm. and that that's the mm-hmm. that's the part that blows my mind. So, so yeah, what do beer? Nerds everyone's do been now? talking for probably three or four years now that like uh, the Gozas, the Berliner Weiss is is what's going to be the next big thing. And I'm just kind of like, man, I don't know. I'm not. I love those beers. I'm yeah, not. I'm not trying to put them down. No, not at all. And I'm, I'm really happy how popular they become because it used to be like I can get my hands on 1809 Berliner Weiss <laughs> yeah. at Red Light, you know, and that's like yeah. the only Berliner Weiss being made ten years ago. Right. Um, but I'm. I don't necessarily know if the mainstream is ever going to be ready for sour or sour and salty beers. And I could be wrong because I've been wrong about a lot of this. Like the way how mainstream craft beer is now, like the fact that if you walk into a, a chain restaurant, like they're going to have some good beers on tap. Yeah, like that didn't. Yeah, used to happen. happen at all. You, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm noticing now sours. Cascade is the one that we see. So good. So good. You so know? good. Yeah. So Ron's doing over there at Cascade still. I, I know I mentioned him a lot, but for me to be able to go. Two GB bottle shop, you know Trace, Joey, they, those, guys, they, those guys rule. Oh, they're the best. And guys, thank you for the shout out, by the way. Um, we really love you. So for us to go out there, I love you guys too. To grab, I mean, you could get Cascade there. Yeah. And I remember, all right, there's six bottles deep. I could come back next week; it'll still be there. And I go, oh shit, Cascade's yeah. gone. People are buying them for thirty three dollars a bottle. Don't get scared, people. It's like a bottle of wine. Trust me, buy it, yeah. drink it. Uh, you sip. They're, they're sours. You don't chug it. Um, don't chuck on it. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll yeah. get you there. <laughs> but honestly, like I, I think people are starting to get the sour, and I'm glad because it's flavor. It really comes down it to is. what fruit you're putting in there right. and everything like that. Uh, I love it. I love any sour. And, I love any Saison. And to Farmhouse go, Sales. Right. To go I back Jester to Jester King last night. That, yeah. I don't know. Jillian shit her pants when I was like, here, here's a snorkel, which has yeah. the uh, the mushroom uh, the, the yeah. mushroom oysters yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the sea salt. Oh man, that was good. Yeah, that was really good with Thai food last night. That's, that's so. amazing. I think the the sour. I mean, I will definitely say, as far as food pairing goes, that acidity is amazing. It's amazing because you know that's, that, that's, you that's, that's your that's wine. your wine drinkers' yes. argument on food pairing is that exactly. acidity. I'm like, I have acidity and I have carbonation. I mean, I can pair with anything now. I shouldn't say the coolest pairing event I've ever done, but it was a very cool pairing event. We did it at Old Red Light Red Light on. Not old, old red light, but just old red light on Bennett Road. Right. And we had Ron Jeffries from Jolly Pumpkin there. Okay. And we had, you know, six Jolly Pumpkin beers. And it was Reese and Lexi, who are I've been working with for 10 years. They opened up Ravenous Pig with us, but they run Swine and Sons right next door yeah, here. Right. Um, they cooked all the food. We cooked it out of Red Light's little kitchen. And it was just like everything. The syrup was infused with a lot of La Roja, and you know, Lucernaga was in the sausage, and just that pairing was so that cool. That sounds so spot And on. we were just like in that little tiny kitchen back there, like you know, sketchily with like folding tables, kind of plating everything and stuff, and it was so killer. It was we're, so killer. We're honored to say that uh, we'll be at Hunapu Fest this year as media, so we're excited to interview, and they're nice. they're up there. Jolly Pumpkin nice. is definitely on there because oh, yeah. we want to interview uh, out of state to talk about yeah. in state, like what they're doing and yeah. uh, any collaborations that Cigar City's done. Uh, Hunapu Fest guys is Cigar City's uh, annual fest, and so we they bring a lot of breweries in and some guys that they've collabed with and some that hopefully future collaborations. So yeah, we want to definitely. Uh, Talk to Jolly Pumpkin and right. get to know what they're I think, doing. I think you want to talk about, I mean, I'm not going to name all of them now, but Jolly Pumpkin's a perfect example. Cascade's a perfect example. Oh, amen. To do, the thing about sour beers, and I know, I mean, let's not call them Lambics because they're not, you know, Belgian, but. Right, right. Like That's safe. The elegance, 
like, because I can make a beer that's sour. Sure. Right now. Yeah. That, not, that does not necessarily mean it's going to be good. If it, if it tastes like Parmesan cheese or it tastes like nail polish, like, that's not good. So just because it's sour isn't good. So I worry about that because I think you have a lot of brewers right now kind of doing just like, well, throw some stuff in a kettle. And like, and yes, they're using this yes, term funkier you're the like, better. You're like, yes, it is sour, but. But yeah, it's also kind of gross. Yeah, you know, when they say funkier the better. You're almost like, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, now you're there's, you're covering your there's, ass. There there's by an elegance that. there. Yeah. There's you know, and there's a reason. I mean, I, once again, I was fortunate enough to go to Belgium, whatever, four years ago, and I mean, a open brew day at Cantillon uh, was a religious experience. That must and I don't know. I don't. So think, who did you go on that? Who did you uh, go to Belgium with? Who did you go to Belgium with? This is a whole other. Cast of uh, fine, outstanding individuals. Because we we have a we, there was a spoiler alert in uh, the play in the episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so how'd that go? How'd that go? You were um, with Ron. You were with Ron. There. I was with Ron. Ron, yeah. Ron was there. Um, Brent from Red Light. Red Light was there. Uh, Troy Barfoot, who is a uh, he works for Microman Distributors. He's been in the beer business for a really long time. Um, Michael Merrifield, who is a distributor for Progressive now, he actually distributes our beer. Um, and uh, Michael Lothrope, I think that was pretty much our, our crew. And it was, we kind of like, we were there for a couple of days, and then we met up with a bigger group. And uh, it was, it was we, we did like three breweries a day, beer festivals, beer pairing things, restaurants, cafes. You know, like the beer service there, you know, the, the way they would get that, that vintage Lambic out of the cellar, bring it to you in that wicker basket, pour it, shit. decant it. I drank so much sour beer. I drank so many triples and Abbey beers. It was it was insane. But there was days, there was days on that trip because it was two weeks and it was balls to the wall. Like we're we're drinking beer. You know what I mean? The whole time, yeah. There does come to a certain point in your life where you have sour up to here, <laughs> and now you're sitting yeah. in this beautiful cafe and they just poured you the most beautiful dry fontaine vintage, and you're like, man, there's nowhere in the world I'd rather be than drinking this beer. But I have sour up to my Adam's apple right now, and if I put another drop in it, like I don't know what's gonna happen. Like I gotta start, <laughs> I gotta start eating the tums. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, to go to Orval, to go to Cantillon, to go to De Dole, to go to uh, Phantom. I mean, it was an insane trip. Anybody driving or listening was, to this episode right now is salivating. It was on an that. insane yeah. trip, and it and it it sort of. That's what I'm saying about the about the the sour beers is. You got to make them right, and like you got to go to Cantillon and and walk there, and you know, touch the cobwebs. And dude, good it's, for you. It's not, I say that always. Touch, dude. It's touch. it's not it's not cliche. It, it's so impressive what they're doing there. I and, went, you I, know, you know, uh, I'm a huge Liverpool football club fanatic, and I, that that came out in the first episode, first mm-hmm. few episodes, because oh, yeah, every you, time they yeah, were you playing, and Jeff were, you and Jeff yeah, were ripping uh, we totally, on that. Yeah, yeah we yeah. peaked out. Um, you know, I have a Liverpool tattoo. You'll never walk alone is my favorite song of all time. Coxbar? Um uh, Coxbar? The band? Yeah. No. Who sings, who sings You'll Never Walk Alone? Okay, so it's one of the most covered songs. So Coxbar, did they do a cover of it? Yeah, when yeah, You yeah. Walk Through a Storm, do they really? I think so. Holy shit, I got to hear that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's that's more or less yeah. me. The punk rock, that's yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so You'll Never Walk Alone started from Carousel, the musical. Okay. But Jerry and the Pacemakers in 1965 okay. made it more. Okay. Uh, they did that fairy, cross the Mersey. All right. I'm never singing again. Yeah. Uh, I say that every week. <laughs> but yeah, with You'll, you'll Never Walk Alone, uh, it was Liverpool. Every time the boys come onto the pitch, Liverpool Football Club, You've heard that since 1965 to this day right now, if Liverpool were getting on the pitch right now. Very cool. They get the whole atmosphere going. Yeah. And that's it. That is, if you are walking onto that pitch and listening to that song, 
that is in your heart. Yeah. That is your love right there. And so when I went to Liverpool, I had to touch everything. I just exactly. was like, look, I'm in the Cavern Club. There's a band playing, and I moved people aside, and I put my hands right on the stage. Yeah. And I was like, I don't give a fuck if this is where John Lennon stood or you yeah. went ahead and ripped the, the stage apart. No, you got to do but it. I this went is, this here. is real. I'm here and I, and now. This every is... band has signed the walls, the bricks, the yeah. bricks down there because you have to go down there. And knowing that Matthew Street of Liverpool was where every band has played. Has, cool. I mean, if you think of every fucking band out there yeah. has played and you just want to touch all of it, it's just amazing. I, I always tell people, just touch it. There's something spiritual about it. Yeah. Or that does you take it in. And hearing you say in the cobwebs, I just imagine right now what Cantheon looks like and oh, what that man. feels like. Oh man, smelling maybe like a mildewy thing. You oh know? yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. It's 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 weird. All your it's, senses are working overtime right. in there, and it's a it's a beautiful and thing. I will tell you, one of the things that was slightly disheartening about that Belgium trip was a lot of breweries would kind of give you a tour and they would show you their old brewing system, like an old wooden system Shit. with like gnarly chains, whatever, and they'd be like. And now come on over to this room, and it would just be stainless steel, yeah. industrial. And I'd never, I don't think I've ever really toured a brewery bigger than like a regional, you know, like I hadn't toured like a Bud, like a Budweiser brewery. But there was a few of these, like a few of the big Trappist breweries and stuff I'd walk into and be like, man, it's just stainless steel, and yeah. it's just robot arms moving yeah. bottles. And I was like, yeah. I was naive or whatever and I literally thought there was monks there you know <laughs> you know throwing hops in there and um, but the reason I'm saying that is when we got to Cantillon and a couple other ones um, sure but I mean, honestly, the Phantom I mean Phantom that. was so farmhouse it was almost wow, insane that's awesome but like Cantillon it was like no we're using this and to watch them the way they're the turbid mash it, it's insanity and it's, did you know, learn a lot in there I don't know if I learned okay. a lot it was just more of an amazing experience. That's what, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't a brewer at the time. I was a, I was a beer nerd. I'd homebrewed. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I knew a thing or two, but it was still kind of like, I mean, Ron was the one to see Ron geek out after, after everything right. he's awesome. seen in yeah. this business and everything he's been through and all the people he's met and whatever. Like, it was cool. He was a kid in a candy store. We were all going to a beer festival afterwards and Ron was like, fuck that I'm staying here till they yeah. put it in the cool ship. Like he stayed there for the whole brew day. And like, yeah. you know, that guy has forgotten more about brewing than I know right now. And to see him actually just like geek out. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It's definitely something special. I love geeking out. Like that's what I love about this whole process. We're two months in. I can't believe yeah. it. Like it's almost like we blinked in already eight episodes is up, but geeking out with you guys, this is, I love speaking one-on-one -on -one like this, yeah. but it's, learning about your fun. beers and even the afterwards and, and, and honestly hearing people talk about each episode, we're going out now, right. if we're drinking a beer and someone's like, oh yeah, I've been listening to you guys, we're like, wait, what? Yeah. And then the, just drinking what they're the thing hearing. About, the thing about brewing beer for me right now is it's not a fantasy world. Like I have bad days, I have frustrating days, of there's, course, there, there's job, you know, sure. but I mean, my job is what was once my hobby. Right, right. And I don't take that for granted. And I mean, it's, I'm really lucky. I mean, it's basically like if when I was a kid, if you would have sponsored me for skateboarding or surfing right, or something, right, you know what exactly. I mean? Like that's basically yeah. what my job is. And yeah. once again, it's it's hard work and it's long hours and there's stress, but like for the most part, like I, I get to do what I want to do. And, Every day. And most people in this business, I mean, people we've mentioned today like i know that's their story too it is so it is and getting to interview them and, and, and plus talk to them about it yeah. plus it's beer i think i got into beer 
not even good beer, just based on like the family hangouts. And I was the young one. And it's like, Larry, go run over. You got to run down to the basement and pick up 10 beers, you know, for all your uncles and stuff. Like, it's a very communal thing. Yesterday, mm-hmm. we did the Bachfest, and it's this mix of people. You know what I mean? You've got these classical music fans. Yeah, got, I was just, okay. You've got people <laughs> that look like me. You got, you know, whatever. And like, and everyone just like, Every now and then, it was a busy day, it was a hectic day, but I take a step back and I see, like, a family, you know, cheers in, prosting, drinking the Bach, and it's like, yeah, like, that's... Well, let's, let's talk about that. I'm like, that's that. why I did, like, that's why you do this, because, you know? Because, honestly, again, we're in a James Beard, uh, so James Beard's all over this episode, but we're in this, we're in Casca and Lara, right? You get people in suits. Oh, yeah. Ties. Oh, the mixes. Oh, yeah. The mixes. We awesome. had to make that reservation, yeah. honey, and uh, we're yeah, there yeah. tonight at the seven prompt. We'll be there. Yep. And then you get our good friends like Zach Nollinger, who's sending us pictures all the time of look what Larry's doing now, and he's yeah. got tattoos, and he actually yeah. is a tattoo artist. And, yeah. you know, you get that mixture of what we're saying about the Bach Festival. That's what we try for. Yeah. You know? Right? It, it, it's, it's, tough to, it's tough worlds. to pull like, off. And I will tell you, since this remodel we did back in, um, I guess, yes. basically no, November, when we kind of combined Cask and Ravenous Pig, Something that I guess the designers and the owners achieved was, I think, and this is something Garrett and I used to always talk about because people in Orlando sort of had this perception of, oh, I can't go to Cask and Larder unless I'm like dressed up and we're getting like a three course dinner and it's going to cost me and me and my lady, you know, 100, 150 bucks, you know, pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And I was like, guys, and like we would tell all our friends this. I'm like, we do a happy hour seven days a week from like three to six, three dollar. These are 20-ounce pints that we're drinking right now. Right. Like, you can get a $3 pint of, not to toot my own horn, but it's a, it's a fine IPA. Oh, it is. You know, fine, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't beat that. And I'm like, no, like, you guys can, people can pop in here for a drink. I mean, grab a snack or don't, but, like, I think that's and something. the fact that you guys do that, it, yeah. it's extraordinary. Uh, I, and this has been something that we've always wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, right. I've always had the dream of. Food has always been my thing. Yeah, and it, uh, honestly, so it this br- episode it brings for me, people together. Um, it's geeking out. You know, the, the 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 most important moments in your life. You know, like you think about like eh, grandma's fried chicken dinner and, and and things of that nature. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's thing is like Julie and James. Yes, they're high performance, insanely driven, insanely talented chefs. But like, I mean, they're my family. Like, it's not like we leave here in go have a fine dining meal. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I've eaten plenty of pizza and whatever with them. You know what I mean? Like, they'll grill out at their house. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's good, but oh. it's it's pretty much, like, what... It's pretty normal. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm family, saying? Like, family like, grill. Not every meal is like, okay, we've prepared this snapper crudo. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, cool, <laughs> right. cool. No. James grilled up a bunch of fish that he caught this morning. You yeah. know what I mean? And the, like, yeah, it's delicious. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, it's, it's not... We tried so hard to take some of that pretentiousness around. I think 10 years ago, especially in Orlando... The only restaurants that I would say were comparable were the the food was good, but the atmosphere was shit. It, was it looked really like a shit. nightclub, and yes, you'd have yes. like dis not disco like like club music playing. It's blaring. It was like blaring. Yeah, it was like they were trying to pull off this like American Psycho era, like you know what I mean. I'm gonna go do coke in the bathroom kind of thing. It was weird to me to be like like the chefs are actually putting out good food, but I'm like. These people are all on ecstasy. They don't really care, you know? Right. Or it was so stuffy, you know, like so fine dining, so stuffy. So that was, I mean, that was really the goal. And, yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, mission accomplished, you it know? Is but, you know, yeah. like, and I mean, I'm, I'm saying that and I don't, I hope I don't come across as bragging because I'm only taking, I only deserve a little bit of that credit. You know what no, I mean? No, let's, let's brag. Uh, how many beers have you made? Like, how many beers do you feel, styles, different styles of beers have you made? God, at this point, yeah. 
Do you know? I have no idea. Really? You don't have like a chalk like on a, on a, <laughs> on a wall where you're just like scratching it in? No, or... I, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we... I'm excited. I don't know, man. Really somewhere, somewhere, you your brain. somewhere between fifty and a hundred. That's insane. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, and and you've got, you know, I mean. Or do you think a hundred's coming up soon? Like if you say, well, wow, if as I far as hundred, as three far months, as batches I go, I think I've got well over somewhere between two and three hundred. But as far as like different styles, styles, right. and, and how many recipes have I actually like created yes. on my own, or how many were kind of like. Something Ron had made with a little tweak, or something Garrett had. Yeah. I mean, there are still yeah. beers. Uh, like we have Working Man Porter on. Mm-hmm. Garrett mentioned that in his episode because yeah. of the Rush reference. And that, that's um, honestly, I've been and, drinking and that, that for. And that beer, like, is awesome. Yeah, I've been drinking that's, that's that. What, one that's for what's years. bubbling away right over there. I oh, haven't is that changed. What's going on right I there? haven't that's changed. Not my grandfather? No, it's not your grandfather. <laughs> I haven't changed a damn thing about. I may, I may maybe change the hops from time to time, but right. like the grain bill that he put together, the water profile he put together, like it's it's a great it's a great beer, you yeah. know. Um, same thing with like Lone Palm Golden Ale is our like light, you know. Ron used to always call it a Training Wheels beer. Um, it's sort of like a hybrid of a Pilsner and a Kolsch. It's you know it's our for the person who wants a Bud Light or a Heineken or whatever, like whatever. But it's a great beer. It's a great clean beer, and like you got guys, you know. <laughs> It's again, Brent who owns Red Light, Red Light. Like that's the beer that he drinks in here, and it's yeah. kind of like you don't want to yeah. try my new whatever. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's no, just I'm like yeah, right like now. loves like simple and clean, and that's something that kind of I think got instilled to me through the people I've worked with is you know simple, clean, and I can't hide anything in that golden ale. If I screw up that golden ale, don't know. You know, Somebody, if yeah. it tastes like movie theater butter popcorn, like I did something wrong, right? And it's not one of those like I can't just throw another. 10 pounds of hops in there because there's not a lot of hops in there. You know, okay. there's nothing to cover right. it up. And there's, you know, same thing with this Bach beer. You know, it's not very often that I make a lager and I brewed this thing back in December. The ABV on this, what is uh, it? Six, two. So six, okay. Yeah. And honestly, so much flavor in it. Uh, we like, we kind of like what, what Wayne said in Cigar City's episode where, and I've always felt this way, more of a session-y. Absolutely. Uh, what, what Mike Walls calls endurances. Yeah, I love the endurance. Love I love it. the endurance, Love term. it. Um, yeah, you want more flavor for ABV, and this is yeah. a lot more flavor than what the ABV is. I hope, I really hope this is where the industry goes. Amen. Because I will say all the people that I've known in 10 years or whatever in the beer business, like when we get together, that's 9.9 times out of 10. That's what we're drinking is, is some mm-hmm. sort of whether it's a local pale ale or stout or, or whatever, you know, or even like the, the session beers, what have you, like, I still like to drink a pint of beer. Yeah. You know, and I've gotten myself into plenty of trouble because you can give me that 12% stout, but eventually I get to talking and I kind of drink everything at the same speed and like, it will mess me up, you yeah. know, and I like, I won't have a good time. I'm and still on that. I can only go episode. out for, I can only go out for like two beers instead of like, I want to yeah. still, you know, I told you like when I got into better beer that stepping stone was guinness and whatnot and like i could go out and drink 20 pints you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. in that first episode i mentioned with jeff it's i was that football watcher beer drinker right so every 45 minutes i was having a, a mm-hmm. pint and it was that it was your harps or your bass or your guinness or your newcastles Absolutely. You know, whatever these british pubs had for me yeah. to drink which in orlando we have plenty of so so we've we've done you would think between 50 to 100. Uh, any that you kind of bring seasonal? Is there something that you, you always kind of bring back? I mean, there's or? a few There's a few seasonals. I try to keep my, like, 
it's one of those things. I feel like I'm always scrambling, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh man, like gotta make. You know, we we did um, we've done it a couple years in a row now, where we do like the calabaza squash, Indian summer like pumpkin ale kind of thing. Right. Everybody has to do the pumpkin ale. Yeah, but I think like we did it. We do it in a pretty cool way because I have this gigantic smoker here because this was a barbecue restaurant at one point. So right. I like, smoke those pumpkins. That's right. And I think I kind of nailed it this year. On... Is that smoker still back there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's Holy probably, shit. probably okay, full, It's you... probably full of pigs and, yeah. and whatever right now. It was a really good barbecue place before. Yeah, yeah. Good trivia night. No, no, that that but, thing's uh... legit. We well, we yeah, we use it. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't not use it. But I think that beer definitely nailed. You know, smoke is a weird thing in beers because I wanted that smoke to be there for people like us that are okay with that flavor, but I didn't want it to be so overpowering to freak out because I wanted to move this beer too. I wanted to get your pumpkin ale drinker, which maybe you're, you know, you're very novice drinker from, you know I mean? I mean, I don't mean to generalize or whatever, but, mm. but also kind of try to get beer lovers, you know, like to, to enjoy that beer. Um, well, I never really ever tasted a left hand. I was never really one for left hand. I mean, you can see it, you see the nitro, but then you're mm. always getting your nitro when you go out and drink. Right. But when Maddie introduced me to that smoke jumper, yeah. Holy shit, was that a beer that I said, Yeah, this is one that I know it's in a in a bomber, but I'm I brought it to everybody. Yeah. I was like, No, you gotta try this, try this. Yeah, yeah. Still have two bottles left. Yeah. Um but yeah, I love that smokiness. I really do. Yeah. Sure, it can not be someone's thing. Um but the fact that you have one, yeah. oh man, I would be like utilize yeah. that all the time. No, I mean, that, and that's what, what I'm saying. Are. Beer pairing, yeah, that's beer. what I'm saying. I have, I have these, I have these tools at my disposal. So yeah, I definitely try that's to use so them. So awesome. Um, and I, then, besides that, on seasonals, I just kind of try to stay up on it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll brew a pretty like traditional Irish stout for St. Patrick's Day. Right. You know, I kind of fast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of yeah, you know, and I mean, honestly, like it's weird that this Bach has become kind of like, like. Yesterday was sort of like our biggest day. So let's like, talk about you that because we did we did hint to yeah. uh, two different worlds coming into one. So what was yeah. what is that like? So what is the Bach Festival? It's kind of like the weirdest. <laughs> how it started is like the weirdest thing. Garrett and I were still working in here together three years ago or whatever, and um, I remember it being right around like the holidays, and we start getting emails and calls and stuff from the Bach Society, and like we're doing this thing. It's a, it was their 80th anniversary at the time. And well, you brew a beer for us, and we were just kind of like, what, "What the fuck is this?" Like we, <laughs> like what? Are you, like so, we we totally we kind of pushed it away, pushed it away, and then eventually, you know what? This could be really cool, man. So like, let's do it. Like, I love German lagers. Garrett loves German lagers. Right. So we came up with this recipe, and we and we brewed the beer. You know, the 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 box society. It's it's really funny interacting with these people because they've been doing. This is their 82nd year, and this is like the third lar largest Bach society in the country. Really? And, and, you know, they're okay. huge, and they're tied in with Rollins College. Like this, 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 say, is a, yeah. this is a this is a big deal. Makes sense. And, um, and it's just funny because you know, like classical music. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've seen it live now because of knowing these people, and it's amazing. But it's not like my thing. I'm yeah. not one of those. I would love to tell you I'm one of those guys. Like that. I, I, I walk in. Yeah. Sometimes I put jazz on. Blah blah blah. It's like. 95% punk rock with some other stuff thrown in there. You know what I mean? That's, that's, so if you're coming into work today, let's say we're brewing, what would be on right now? What would be some music you're playing right now? I've been listening to... Have you heard any of that? The new Cloud Nothings album is Are you fucking kidding? really Ready? good. Ready? Dude, I've been... We're going straight to my recently added. All right, all okay. right. Um, the new album... I like it a lot. Dude, are you? It, it's back. They're like yeah. back to yeah. where... Well, because uh, uh, I would say "Attack on Memories," the the album that's that got my me, that that's got my me into that. Yeah, band. that's my favorite. 
Okay, and, um, so I have been making playlists. I'm going back to Waves. Yeah. But here you could see... Where are you, little fuckers? <laughs> Got uh, some doo-wop in there. That's okay. cool. Oh, yeah. So Japan Droids is a new one yeah. I love a lot. Oh, I haven't heard their new ones. Okay, so... Oh, I've been listening but, to some of Vale, too, huh? Dude, after dude. Garrett... And talking about Virginia, you had to. You had to. Dude, I've been listening to a lot of Tim Berry solo stuff, man. I right? really like yeah, it. Yeah, it's and, really uh, good. Him and Chuck Reagan, they were in town not that long ago, played at the social, and it I was know. great. I know. Whoa. All right, I gotta, we do have to talk about this, because you mentioned it. Okay. I was at that Peter Hook show. Holy shit, were you? And it was amazing. Are you, okay. Like, I almost didn't go. I'm, I'm a, I love Joy Division. I love New Order. <laughs> I, well, I we even, had no idea what to expect. I even saw the name Peter Hook one time. I was getting like coffee across the street, and I was like Peter Hook, and I knew right. that he was the bass player. Like I had read, yeah. I'd read about him. Like I recognized the name, and then it kind of went on the back burner. And my buddy Mike, the day before, was like, "Hey, let's go to this show." And I was like, "Yeah, fuck it." You know, like it, it could be cool. Yeah, it was like How fucking great was it, man? Right? It was so good, and like. I was with my buddy Mike. I was with my buddy George, who's a bar manager at Ten Ten. Yeah, that's and like, and, and, we talked about. And George. he, oh, dude, I met him in sixth grade. We grew up around the corner no from way, each other. Really, one of my best friends. Dude, in the, he's awesome. In the world. We love him. He's a rad dude. But he we just, feel bad because we don't really talk to him because yeah. he's always busy. Yeah. But dude, George, talk to us more. We love you, man. You're such a good guy. He really is. George, I'll see you later. Drink some beers. <laughs> Hang out with him like every day. We live around the corner. Red lights like halfway between dude, both that's our awesome. houses. Um, but he, the, the thing about George is he's really open when it comes to music so he was just I mean it's not that he doesn't like New Order and doesn't like Joy Division but he's not like a huge fan and he just had to sit there next to me every song would come on and I'd just be like elbowing elbowing right I'd be, I'd be like this is my favorite song and then Ceremony would come on like, I was just gonna this say is ceremony. my favorite song I was just gonna say Ceremony I, I, when, you, when you get that I loved it once that came on and I like, loved it so this was probably really I would say uh, Brennan and I's having our this is where I think we celebrated the fact that this podcast was really going to happen. Very we in, cool. We knew it was going to happen, but we went into 1010 yeah. to get our our uh, grilled cheese and our beers. Yeah. And I think it was Brennan's first time going in there. And holy shit, when we had when we got there to the show, you just kept moving closer yeah. and closer and oh, closer yeah. to the stage. Oh, man. And man, being able to hear that bass. I didn't know what the fuck to expect. Is I didn't either. Is he going to sing Ian Curtis's shit? In or his we, voice. Bernard like, Sumner's stuff? And well, I was like, like, what are we doing you here? You know, I would have never gone to see some kid trying to sound like Ian Curtis. Not at but all, But to right? see Peter Hook, I'm like, you are the one human being that is allowed to like sing these songs. Yeah. These are very important songs. And man, it, it really it really blew my mind. But um, so to, to answer your question, I mean, I don't know, man. I'd say... Music I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been really loving that Cloud Nothings album. Dude, I would man. say Jawbreaker probably sums me best up more album. than anybody. What is the best album? Be honest. I'll, I'm, I don't want to walk out, but I might. I still think... Man, I'm huge on Unfun, man. Yes! That's it. Really? That's it. Oh, my God. Oh, man, I want that. Most, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boom, most people aren't into that. I mean, Dear You is everyone's favorite album, and I'm like, goodbye. Now, here's what's weird. I, I'll like, like, a, when I want like a lot of other things in my life... I got into Jawbreaker kind of late. You oh, know, like, okay. Like, like okay. Just, so you were born to, when? When were you born? I was born in 84. Okay, okay. And it's not so. that I, I wasn't old no, 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 enough. No. I just didn't that get exposed sense. to it. You right, know what I mean? Right. I did get exposed to some good punk rock in that era, but I just didn't get as far as Jawbreaker. Um, so, like, Jets to Brazil was probably a thing by the time I heard Jawbreaker. Anyhow, uh, Dear You was the first album I heard. Okay. So I super loved it. You know what I mean? Okay, right, I really right. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it was kind of one of those, like, okay, like, that was this album, but like going back 
you know, before and like, and then I got into right. that, all that other kind so of stuff, you know. Today, um, Scotty over at Central Twenty Eight, Scotty Cowart, um, yeah, I text him all the time with, "Hey, guess what band today?" or something like that. Yeah. Um, replacements feel, smoking popes feel. So if you like, Leads you around, yeah. dude. So if saw them a couple years ago at the social too, and it dude, was an amazing popes, show. How great was that? It was an Just, amazing. And show. still to this day, I wanted to actually use uh, pure, their cover of Pure Imagination. Yeah. Uh, off of wow, what up? That album is actually right. perfect from front to back. All right, this is this is this oh, is God. a big. They, I'm gonna throw it out because this is very very important to me. But like, Alkaline Trio, my favorite band of all time. I gotta say, Ready? my favorite band of all time. Never heard a song. No fucking Jillian way. would kill me. How do this you? This is Matt Skiba, right? This is Matt Skiba. Matt Skiba is okay. one of the singers. Actually, so. Dan from Alkaline Trio played a show at uh, Back Booth Acoustic stuff uh, two nights ago and. So it was amazing. Good friend of mine, love it. Um, visiting him in LA, he was his roommates was Danger Mouse, DJ okay. Danger Mouse, okay. Danger Mouse at that time. Uh, so I'm staying with him in LA for that time, and he's like, "Come in, come in, but be quiet." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he goes, "My friend's recording right now. We're doing uh, his new album, blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "This is Matt Skiba. When he wakes up, I'll introduce you." And I was like, "I have no fucking clue who that is." Yeah. Downstairs was De La Soul. Mixing for the uh, Are you kidding me? What was it? What album was it? It was uh, the Gorillaz album. Okay, my friend. Mixed oh it. yeah, yeah. Wow, so sick. I was like, holy shit, what the hell yeah. is going on here? And I wound up staying in Danger Mouse Brian's yeah. room, uh, DJ Danger Mouse's room. That's crazy. Like, yeah. The thing with Alkaline is, you know, I got into them when I was pretty young, and so I feel the same way about Alkaline as I do with Star Wars. That like, if you've, if you're in your like. 30s or your 40s like it might be too late for you to get into it you know what i mean because it never really bodes well for me to go oh this is the best band ever this is the best band ever you know what i mean like because you might not a lot of it's nostalgia for me i understand what music is i understand a lot of it's nostalgia for me but it it still blows my mind that i like when i'm feeling blue or when i'm feeling when i want to get going whatever man like i put on a album that these guys wrote in 1997 and they're in like their early 20s and they're still like lyrically the the things that they say are like those. I mean, that, that's mature. what that's what I was thinking. Like right. that's what I like. You got yeah. my thought out of my head. Well, well, you know, Weezer's like Pinkerton, I can't I can't put my yeah you know, I can't put words to yeah. something. You know, Weezer's Pinkerton I thought was like so groundbreaking when that came out. Now when I listen to the lyrics of like Tired of Sex or Get You or yeah. Big Triangle, I'm like. God, you guys were young. Oh, but uh, Cheap Girls is That's the name of the band that is very replacements. And, okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys haven't heard Cheap Girls, this is my band of the day. I woke up to them, uh, listening to them. Yeah, so right now, beers, uh, if I'm coming in here, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, what are some of the beers right now that we should be trying? What are you saying, hey, pair with this? Sure. Yeah. Um, are, like all around, like year round. What are some yeah, of the beers that um, we need to try I mean, all year round? I mean, we talked about it. That Saison is, is always on. That's, always on. Okay. That's, that's the one. I, I've got it. The Porter's always on. Porter's always on. Um, and that's a fantastic beer. I love uh, that's called Working Man. IPA, of course, is always on, and I think it's at a solid point right now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, I don't drink it very often. My favorite beer that we brew typically, or like still is, I should say, is is Red Drum, which is that hoppy amber ale. Yeah. And it's not like it's not the most like it's not like our biggest seller or anything or whatever. But like that, in a world of so many, like I'm definitely like a pale ale guy at this point. You know, like okay. that's my that's kind of like okay. what I I'll walk in and be like, cool, I have a pint of, you know. Kind of a local paleo. Is that why you did that with the amber? Then, like that feel is it like right. That okay. Well, no, I mean, no. Ron, Ron gets the credit. The recipe's changed a lot, but like the hoppy okay. amber ale in a world of so many good paleos and so many good IPAs, I think to have that hoppy amber ale, that super malty yeah. start, and then that hoppy finish, and that really gives you 
food pairing wise, such an interesting opportunity to pair with both those things going yeah. on that beer. Like it's not a one note thing. It's it's because you're gonna taste malt and then you'll taste all that citrusy, all the all the kind of hop flavors, you know. So then, last question: When it comes to beer pairing, is it is it more knowing that we're this, this prestigious restaurant? Are you nervous to think that you have? Do you build these beers on beer pairing because we really don't distribute out? Uh, we're not canning. Are we canning? Are we bottling? We're not canning. We are distributing. Actually, we're distributing a ton because we opened up a cask and larder location at the airport back in November. So I'm literally putting out, like not kidding, twice as much beer as okay. we ever put out of this I system. I was waiting to bring up the yeah. airport. So the airport only has, I guess, four of our beers on tap. Okay. But what's going on out there is a real sign of the times. Like. Is because, it pushing? I mean, are you making yeah, more a no, lot, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we used to brew on this system twice a week. That okay. was like the normal with Ron and Garrett. So we were making 10 barrels of beer a week, basically. The airport needs 10 barrels of beer a week now. So, and then we're still open here and we still got to get some beer to Dovecote and we still got to, you know what I mean? Like, there you go. We got to right. get beer to Swan and Sons next door. So my, ever since the airport's been open, it's okay. How can I brew three times a week? How can I brew even four times a week? Double brew days that, you know, it's, it's twice as many tanks to clean twice as much, you know, you know, get your grain order in and put away, you know, 2,400 pounds of 55 pound bags of malt. You know, it's, it's been, it's been super insane, but what's really cool about the airport and, you know, you and I were joking about that text and I'm like, oh, I still haven't been there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like, I, it's, <laughs> so it's not like I work okay. there, you know, but their, right. their management team, they were here for like three months and I was like, man, these guys are going to be a bunch of squares, you know, a bunch of like corporate, whatever. Right. I and like, they were all too. really cool. They're oh, all good, really hardworking dudes. It's the airport. And, and what they've done with their staff apparently, is like, you sit down at that bar and they're gonna say, hey, welcome to Cask and Larder, blah, blah, blah. Just so you know, we have a brewery, Winter Park, it's about 20 minutes away from here. These four beers are brewed there. So like, when right. I look at a, a product mix, cause you have to keep in mind, they also, I mean, this hurts my heart a little bit to say, but like, this, this is how it is. Like, like, Bud Light is on tap there, you know? But like, when I look at a sales mix, it's like, you sold 20 pints of Bud Light today, you sold 100 pints of our IPA. Right. Yeah. And like, that's what I'm telling you about what's changed in the beer business is it's not just like you and I, like we're beer nerds, we're beer geeks, whatever, like we're into it, you know, but like these are, this is mainstream America going in there wanting to drink an IPA. Were you nervous or, about that? Were you nervous going into that, that it was going to be, I wasn't here. We are, we're on a layover. Yeah. It's Orlando. Yeah. I mean, you have to land in Orlando in yeah. order to go to Miami or Fort yeah. Lauderdale. Or, I wasn't nervous in the sense of like. Like I'm, I'm confident in my beers, you know what I mean? Like exactly. they, they, they speak for themselves and, and I know what they are. I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying I, to be Jester King. I'm not trying to be the veil. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just trying to brew these beers. So I know they're solid. Um, I will tell you what's been really interesting is, I mean, just that exposure, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm sure you're familiar with Untapped. I don't know. Most people might not be, but it's kind of like the Yelp of, of the beer it world. Is. And, and, and I don't know and, if anybody's downloaded the new, uh, the latest update. Oh, I haven't. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. I mean, they have really taken it to a new level. Right. And, so definitely download Untapped. And it's, it's great, but just like Yelp, um, as a brewer, I have to take it with like a real grain of salt because I'll read some things that people write. You know what I mean? They'll be like, you know, I'll have a wit beer on tap and they'll give it a really bad rating and they'll go, I don't like wit beers. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I actually don't like wit beers, but I think the one that I brewed is a fine example. You right. know what I mean? You can't, you can't not like my stout because you only like IPAs. You right. know what I mean? So exactly. whatever. That's kind of one of the bad things that happens on that on untap. And I, in well, social media, yeah, it's yeah. Happen so always, whatever, yeah. take it with a huge grain of salt. But one thing I've noticed is we used to get like two check-ins a day or whatever, and now it's, I don't know. You know I, I was saying that, that number Wallace. has increased at least tenfold. I mean, we get. 
and it's and it's people on Untapped, and I look at like, oh wow, like they're from all over the world drinking my beer. It's 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 yeah, it's 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 insane to think about. Yeah, and Mike Wallace is checking all the time now because now they're going out. Sunshine's got them yeah. of ten ten. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said the same thing. He's like, now I got to check. It's the same thing I check with listeners, and I right. mean, you know, it's and honestly, reviews of the the podcast. Which thank you guys, you've been very sweet and generous uh but yeah it's it's kind of crazy that now you're in another location yeah and having to check and um you're doing amazing here you have an amazing 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 restaurant uh which honestly people are now coming into florida yeah to try food try beers try and if you are coming to we are in the winter park area right i think you're our first in winter park well mills we have 1010 but, uh, yeah, it's Orlando, though. Yeah, it's Orlando. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, so when you come in, I mean, honestly, trying the food, please, guys, uh, definitely try Larry's beers because this is – they do. I, I, I've always loved coming in anytime I would come see Rudy. It means, it means a lot to me because I always felt like we sort of didn't get a lot of, like, the beer-drinking crowd. And, I, and, and this goes back to what I said earlier. Like, I just kind of thought people were – Intimidated by the place and like, oh, you have to oh, have a reservation. Right. I'm like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, man, we can fit a hundred people in that bar side comfortably. No reservations. You can walk right. in whatever at you know. We're open seven days a week. Like you can, you know, just just do it. Like you know what I mean. And I know it's easy that I haven't met you yet because you know I have my little spot right there. You yeah. know, Andy. You know Andy Schuler. Yeah, man, uh, yeah, yeah. Andy's a good, great friend, great yeah. friend. Uh, Stacy and him been with uh, like yeah, Jillian and I for a sweethearts. while. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this room where we're sitting right now was i think either her birthday or he set it yeah. up but i remember right. yeah, 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 yeah 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 and i'm proud of him homebrewing everything with andy has been awesome uh yeah so like i i've been here i don't know how many times right and it's always been like yeah let me get that beer let me get that beer yeah. and now being able to sit with you and it's just like shit man you're doing great stuff appreciate it i mean that's you stuff. know that's 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 what i'm trying yeah and this has been an awesome interview and i really hope people listen to another side of it with like food we kind of wanted that right. with this, so yeah. Well, so. I mean, I think that's definitely. There's so much good stuff going on in Orlando right now with all the breweries, and I'm so proud of them, and, and I'm so excited by by what some of these guys are doing. But I do think we kind of have that that food and beer. Like that's where I want us to go is like be that food and beer pairing like rock in this town. Like I want people to know that, and yeah. you know. So and a lot of that means like you know we got to be doing more events, and and we got to you know stay on it. Well, let's go. Let's go grab a beer. All Let's right. go start Attack on Memory because uh, No Future, No Past is one of the best intro songs on an album. So good. Guys, listen wasted to Cloud days, Nothings. Man. Oh, Wasted oh, Days. Man. Oh, Fallen. I yeah. love that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, as a drummer, dude, you need to hear Fallen, man. That song, the, the drumming in that, like the drum roll that they do. Um, dude, Larry, this has been awesome. Absolutely. Again, I'm going yeah. to handshake. And uh, oh, yeah. all right, Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you. And uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Quaint, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was really cool, man. Dude is super fun. Yeah. And honestly, it I didn't know who he was, but hearing Ron and Garrett speak and being able to be in a restaurant I've been in multiple times. Right. And an amazing restaurant. Yeah. Like such a great fucking reputation. Awesome reputation. And here he is pairing these beers with this food. I don't think he realizes how important he really is to that restaurant. Right. And we don't really get into it because not needing to toot his own horn with that and all that. But, yeah, he's doing amazing things. Um, dr- drinking the Bach. Yeah. I couldn't stop drinking that with him. I, yeah. felt, I, I yeah. probably look like at 
at, in the morning looking like this alcoholic where he's like uh, 10 a.m. Yeah, so yeah. early to start but yeah. whatever we have a job to do yeah and he was probably like like yeah. let's let's do this so no, honestly it he was didn't... an amazing day and like uh, the fact that we got to spend you know the rest of the afternoon hanging out with yeah. him was was great um so man huge thank you to larry we amazing. had a ton of fun. Amazing. Yeah, guys, um, turn your TV on the Food Network. I'm sure you have seen mm-hmm. Ravenous Pig. I'm sure you know Cask and Lauder's name. We heard yeah. some names that have sat down in that We're restaurant to be there. Really excited for the future of this of this restaurant company. It, right. And uh, it just gets better yeah. and better. Opening up Disney Springs, that's fucking exciting. Something that's so to look forward cool, to. Right? Uh, their new restaurant downtown, we have to go try. Yep. And um, then you also have the airport. Guys, yeah. if you're on a layover... Look, we know we're not just talking Orlando. We see the stats. We know that there are states listening. But if you are coming in, don't forget, if you fly into Orlando, we are a layover city. Think about it. It's, it's amazing there. that you His can beers go and there. Get Florida craft beer at the airport yeah. in Orlando. And it's there. Yeah. So I say definitely take that event. Take advantage of that because it's unbelievable. Uh, Larry, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for opening up just such a great community that we know but you making it just so personal and amazing so i definitely thank him for that yeah yeah absolutely it was awesome thanks for the drinks and cheers to the future bud yeah um here's to uh talking later uh we're getting beer soon very soon (laughs) so yeah there's an amazing friendship that just happened so uh yeah i have have a real quick shout out yeah before we wrap up sure Uh, last couple episodes we've been talking about women and brewing we just want to talk to some people about that we want to meet the women who are making beer and it's happening so we want to say we have been getting feedback on the last few episodes guys holy cow you guys are actually sending us breweries names yes thank you it's gonna happen soon so joey nix um i definitely got your uh i got your email and uh, looking into it, knowing mm-hmm. that uh, one in Tampa. So we're definitely going to go look into that one that was not on our list. So yeah. that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for the suggestions. And everybody saying, hey, look, we've been listening and we know this. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. No, honestly, the feedback is amazing. So keep it coming. We opened a door uh, and we love yeah. it. It's so cool. Well, it's so honestly, cool. we want, you know, we want to tell the whole story. And that's one line of the story we've been anxious to get down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for the feedback. Keep mm-hmm. it coming. Honestly. That's we what, love it. It's what we thrive on. Yeah. Again, tasting notes at whatelsia.beer. I'm so happy you say that email every time. Why? Because I can never remember it. <laughs> yeah. Tasting notes at whatelsia.beer. Remember, we are not a, yeah, we're not a dot .com. I'm not yeah. even going to say it so it goes in your ear. It is a dot .beer. So, uh, that's crazy that that's a web yeah. address. So, yep. And then uh, we're there. So send that, send those emails, send that feedback. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we are going to catch up with our Brutally Honest again. Mm. Uh, we took some time just because not knowing the brewers, we were kind of wondering what eggshells would be stepped on. But no, uh, they were like, man, we didn't have a Brutally Honest. And we're like, oh, okay. Guys, we are going back to the plan. Yeah. We apologize. Remember, this is really our first. So, yeah. yep. All right. This was episode eight, two months in. Um, a sixth through. We're actually one sixth through, if that's even the fraction that matters. No. Yeah. But uh, we're there. Um, this is week eight. Can't wait for week nine. All right, guys. Cheers. We'll see you next week. The Cask and Larder episode of What Ails You was produced by Jeff Brennan. Your host and co-producer is Brian Quain. Our music and editing is done by Sadmith. Jillian Quain is our photographer and designer. Special thanks to Larry Four, Ron Rake, and Garrett Ward. For more info, find us on Facebook, Insta, and Untapped. This episode is going out to a friend, Brian Berman, 
Um, I'm drinking a a German Bach that is as red as your beard was, buddy. I love you. I'll miss you. This beer is for you, buddy.